I know how it is, man. You come off a big LSU loss like that. Everybody's kind of struggling. But Brian Reed, if y'all don't know, you've seen him. He's got his Tennessee shirt on. It's the first time he's been able to wear it in 30 years. All right, cut him some slack. So we are excited that you're here today. And that song is a great song, man. I don't know what you've been through. I don't know what your week's been like. But that you're watching online or that you're in this room, it just means the world to us. And then can I need, I need your help. Can I get you to put your hands together for Common Ground? Miss Vicky's in the room today. We do a lot with them. Come on, give them a little love, Common Ground. Miss Vicky, thanks for coming today. And the reason I say that, there's some great partners in this city doing some awesome stuff, but Common Ground, we've been working with them for a long time. And just remember to bring some candy next week and the week after they're doing a big event. I want to make sure that we meet those needs. And we're just so, so thankful for them hanging out with us today. Also, turn to somebody right now and say, I'm going to learn something. Go ahead. Look at them right now. Okay. Also turn to them and say, if you really, really need some love today, I'm going to go ahead and give them a fist bump right now. Give them a little fist bump. Come on. Now, why am I telling you to fist bump and give them a little love and encourage them today is because everybody that walks in this room has got a lot of stuff going on in their life. And the reason I know that is when I walk out in the lobby and kind of meet with people and see things that are going on, I realize it's not always easy to get here. I'm just telling you to be in the, in the building Actually being able to see you, it just encourages us. All these volunteers that work to make it happen, we just really, really thank for you coming in and making it happen. And my goal is by the time you leave, the message will apply to your life. It's not just kind of rolling through stuff. It'll really, you know, apply to you. Now, if you've never been to Simple Church before, I love to have a good time too. I want to laugh. I want to loosen it up a little bit. And we've been doing it in this series called Signs. I've been asking people to send in signs that they have seen, and we make it into a little video and a little recap. Re well, that was bad right there. Could have been worse, y'all. Could have been worse. <laughs> Recap, all right? Make sure that, hey, by the way, put 11 online because they always say that Justin cusses. Now you know. All right, so there you go. Put it on. A little recap of the signs that you've sent in like this. Watch this right here. This is a good one. Fear has too many. Forget everything and run. Face everything and rise. The choice is yours. Thanks for sending it in. Raw Cemetery Services, the last ones to let you down. Come on, that's local right there. The first person to hear a parent talk was probably not okay for several days. That's pretty good right there. This year, a thousand men will die from stubbornness. No, we won't. Somebody wrote that in there, which is hilarious. This is a good one. If you lose a sock in the dryer, it returns as a Tupperware lid that doesn't fit any containers. Can I get an amen? Right here in Zawali, holy car wash, right? Wash the hell out of your car. Told you I cuss. There you go. Thanks for sending them in. If you're looking for more signs, all right, keep your eyes open, but then send them to me. Share your funny signs. You have been blowing my inbox up with them, so thank you so much for doing that. Love just to have a little fun with it. And when we started this series, you know I love some music too. That was a little ace of bass right there, but I started with Tesla a couple of weeks ago. But now, today, I need to know if there's any middle-aged people in the room. Where are my middle-aged people at? Come on. Okay, this next band, you're going to know. Our lighting guys, our sound guys actually worked with this band just this past weekend. But here is the band. Anybody remember Train? Come on, y'all. Four of y'all. Thank God. 
Now, you might not know the name and you might not recognize them, but when I play this next video, there's a reason I played the video. Listen close to the lyrics. I'll actually scroll them on the screen. Fits right in with the message today. Here is Train with Calling All Angels. Watch this. I need a sign. you know the song let me hear you come on hey just a side note real fast I was thinking about when I was talking earlier and I said the word I wasn't supposed to can you imagine poor Margaret over here trying to sign language that you know what I'm saying she's like and don't forget all this so Margaret thank you for doing it give her a little sign language over there love you thank you for covering for me all right so here's why I chose this song and I'll put the you know the lyrics back on the screen for you I don't know if you've ever been in this position before but maybe it's career, relationship, job, whatever it is, but you're going, I need a sign. God, I need some kind of sign to let me know that you're here, that you hear me, that you know what's going on. Because as we know, as the lyric says, when you're looking at TV and the news and we just get so caught up in our phones and all this stuff, it's like, man, I'm not being able to hear you. It's a little bit hard to hear. But then I want a reason for the way things have to be. So, so many times we're like, God, show me a sign and tell me the reason I'm going through this. And I love the last one because it's just basically is where we all are. So, God, I need somebody to help build me up. Give me some hope today. Now, I don't know if you've ever felt that way, but more than likely, you have. I know that I have. I'm like, God, help me get through this or show me a sign that you're in this. And as I started a couple of weeks ago, there was a movie called Bruce Almighty, and this scene is classic, but I've shortened it down just about 25 seconds or so. Because if you didn't see the first week, it kind of helps you to know, maybe uh, you can relate to what I'm saying when I'm like, all right, God, show me a sign, help me with one. Bruce Almighty does a great job of it. Check this out, and I'll be right back. Okay, God, you want me to talk to you? Talk back. Tell me what's going on. What should I do? Give me a signal. Oh, I need your guidance, Lord. Please send me a sign. Oh, what's this Joker doing now? Anybody been there before? Pray and form God, show me a sign, and then it's like things are happening and you don't really pay attention to them. But one of my favorite restaurants in all of Shreveport is found in South Shreveport where I grew up. It's Smitty's Pizza. And when I saw the rainbow above it, I knew God was with me when I walked in. Because you've ever been there and you're like, God, show me a sign that I'm eating the right place today. It's like, ah, oh, there it is. Now, obviously, I'm having a little fun with it. But as I've told you to send in your pictures, a lady by the name of Sherry sent this one in. She's like, Justin, this was a gentle reminder for me. And she said, I see this rainbow, and this is here in Shreveport, Bossier. She said, but then I see this yield sign and that there's only one way. It's like, just stop, make sure you pause and make sure you're going the right way and don't go some places. You see the do not enter on the other. She said, it just spoke to me. Silly as it is, I was like, okay, God, I hear you. You know, I'm going to keep going your way. I'm going to slow down. I don't want to go where I'm not supposed to go. 
Other people sent in pictures when they said, here's a sign for you. When Queen Elizabeth died and people saw the rainbow on that day, it was you know, encouraging to a lot of people just on her faith and the impact she's had on the world. But then more personally, one of my favorite people in the world is Elizabeth Plache. She's been at the Volunteer and Simple Church from the beginning. Her sister recently passed away and she woke up and she said, God, I just need a sign from you today to know that she's all right, that we're going to get through this. And she woke up and she said, Justin, look what God gave me. Some of you in this room, depending on your you know, perspective or your outlook, you're going, well, that's just coincidence. Or others are going, is this a God incident? See, this is the question that many of us ask when it comes to signs. You're starting to go, hey, man, is God in this or is this just kind of happen to happen? Well, I believe God knows we need signs. And how I know that is all you have to do is look at Scripture. And as you look at Scripture, there's all kinds of evidence of why signs are important. Now, if you're coming in only, you know, now, we're about four weeks into the series. Go back and watch some of the others because they do kind of all work together and they kind of build on each other. Uh, But this one today is really a great reference point to go, how do we know that God really is in the sign business. Genesis 9 is a great example. I set my rainbow in the clouds and it will be the sign, you'll see this often in scripture, of the covenant between me and the earth. And whenever the rainbow appears in the clouds, I will remember my covenant. So it's like, hey, I remember what my promise was. Never again will the waters become a flood to destroy all of life. See, this is just an example of he's going, hey, listen, Every time you see that, it is a reminder of the promise that I've made. Now, for many of us, though, you still struggle with this because you go, man, that's a long time ago in Genesis. We're talking about the flood, Noah. Okay, I get it. But can you define what a sign is in modern day times? I mean, not just like, you know, way back then. Well, they're kind of similar. I mean, as far as the definition, but this is not a formal out of Webster. This is... Many theologians, many people smarter than me, Bible scholars getting together and going, this is really kind of what defines a sign when you talk about from a biblical perspective. It says something like this. It's something that you can see or experience in our modern day times, in our day-to-day lives, that communicates direction or wisdom from the spiritual realm. So it's kind of this idea of going, all right, I need a sign to help me know you're here. I need some direction. I need some clarity. And I've been praying through this. And sometimes it can be an actual sign, something that you can see. But then many times it is also this experience. A rainbow, for example, is something that we can see. But what do you mean by experience? Well, here's another biblical reference. This is in Exodus chapter 3. This would be an experience sign. God answered, I will be with you. And this is your sign that I am. The one who sent you, right? When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God in this very mountain. It is this worship experience can also be a sign. It's like, man, I felt God do something in that moment. I experienced something that I've never experienced before. And God spoke to me through that. And what I'm learning and what I want you to kind of wrap your head around today is that signs come from God. They can either be natural or they can be supernatural. For example, rainbows, natural, but then supernatural, there's a lot of biblical example on this. It's this idea that when you look in scripture and story after story, you begin to go, okay, I see what you're talking about. One that we talk about every year in December would be Isaiah's sign in chapter 7, verse 14, when he said, so the Lord himself will give you this sign. 
What is it? A virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and she shall call him Emmanuel. God is with us. So even from Genesis all the way to Jesus, there is this biblical evidence of God uses signs. Sometimes it's natural. Sometimes, as in this case, it's supernatural. A virgin shall conceive a child. That's a supernatural event. And all throughout Jesus' life, you will see these moments that they're captured to show you these signs that he is the Messiah. Not only did Isaiah you know, prophesy that, it is also in the way he lived his life. For example, John chapter 2, the miraculous sign, this miraculous sign was the first time Jesus revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. What you have to understand, and I'm trying to get my mind wrapped around this, is that throughout all of Scripture, there are these reminders and this evidence that God uses signs and that they can be powerful. It can be natural. It can be supernatural. You can see it in Jesus' life. You can see it in biblical stories. And this was the first miraculous sign. The reason this is so important and so powerful is it's basically saying this was letting them know. This was giving you a chance to believe as you saw in that song, it's like, man, God, give me a sign. Help me to know you're here. Well, he was going, this is what I've been doing, and this is what I'll continue to do. And as we start walking through this, if you missed the first couple of weeks, we did a whole message on the seven signs that Jesus is the Messiah, that you can trust him. And it's another little great reminder of they were all found in John. And it was these miracles supernatural events that would point to that he is the one that you can trust. Because in our today's world, we're still trying to figure all that out. It's like, well, is he really who he says he is? And can I really trust that? Especially going through today. So why is today so important? Is because I want you to walk out of here and go, okay, God really does do this. And he's used it. And he showed us a lot throughout all of history. But I also want to give you a few warnings. A few warnings about signs. Now these... The reason I put this out here is because anytime you talk about this, somebody will send me an email or somebody will catch me and go, yeah, but what about this one or what about that one? I'm trying to cover a lot of it in the series, but this will be one that definitely needs to be covered. 2 Thessalonians 2, 9, when we talk about warnings. When the wicked one appears, who is against Satan, he will pretend to work all kinds of miracles, wonders, and what's the last word? Signs. So you're going, well, wait a second, what's this talking about? This is talking about the end times. This is talking about the Antichrist. This is talking about when he comes on earth, he is going to have the power to do signs that will fool a lot of people. Now, this series, later on, October 30th, I'm going to do a whole other message just on this because we've also done one not too long ago, and it is on YouTube. So if you will download the YouTube app, if you go and get and subscribe to us, the series you'd be looking for that is about three or four weeks long, it's called Living on the Edge. There's a little Aerosmith tie in there, but it was about the end times. That's a whole series. You can go look on YouTube and kind of watch it. But on October 30th, I will continue the signs of the end of times and all the stuff that everybody gets hung up in. I am not an expert. I'm not going to try to pretend to be that, but everybody asks these questions. So I want to be able to make sure that you understand that there are some warnings along with signs too. It's like, hey man, be careful because in the end, the Antichrist is going to do some stuff that's going to kind of be weird and everybody's going to be tempted to follow that. That's a warning. Don't follow what he's doing. Now, some of you are going, Justin, don't leave me hanging. That's way too light. That kind of scares me to think about that I can be tricked by the enemy. Well, let me just kind of tell you the reference on this, 2 Thessalonians 2.10. Lost people will be fooled by his evil deeds. 
So this is one of the reasons we talk about a relationship with Christ. This is people that don't believe, they're not going to follow it. He's like, yeah, if you don't know Jesus, if you ain't ever had a reference of understanding, you don't really care. He's like, yeah, it'd be easy to kind of be fooled. But then he goes on. They could be saved, but they refuse to love the truth and accept it. Now, this is interesting because what it is basically saying is like, no, you have a chance. All of us have a chance. But the problem is, is we really don't believe the truth. We don't really believe that that's what God says he is, and we don't really sure that we can trust that. So the enemy comes in, he's like, man, I'm going to fool you. So then some of you, the natural question would be, but what's the truth? I mean, how do you accept that? And who am I accepting? And what am I accepting? I'm going to make it real simple for you. Make sure you remember this. This is as simple as it gets. John 14, 6. Jesus answered. That's a key. When Jesus says, hey, this is the answer. I am the way, the what? The truth and the life. There is only one way to the Father, and that is through me. So when you start trying to figure out, oh, I'm going to get tricked, and how am I going to know? He's like, no, the truth is this. When you're accepting who? You're accepting Jesus, and you're believing that the truth is found in one person and one person only through Christ is how you get to heaven. But then you go, yeah, but I, I believe that, but what if I'm not strong enough? I mean, what if the, the devil comes in and he gets me, he tricks me? Because when I was in middle school, all right, I grew up in the 70s and the 80s, all right? That explains a lot already. I know. Pray for me. But in that journey, there was also a lot of end times talk through the 70s and 80s. And there was a lot of fear associated with that. My mom, who was very, you know, uh, our spiritual leader, she was very strong in her faith. I would be the one that would come to her like, Mom, but what if I get fooled? And what if he tricks me? And what if I, you know, need to get something to eat? And they put the mark of the beast on me. Man, all this kind of stuff. We talked about this in Living on the Edge, but... You might can feel the same way. I'm afraid I'm just going to miss it. You know, my mom showed me this passage of Scripture. Now, the reason I'm showing it to you today is because I can promise you, someone watching online or someone in this room is scared to death when I start talking about the warning signs. and like, oh, my gosh, it's going to be me, and I'm, I'm not going to make it. They're going to trick me. Let me give you some peace. John 10. I know them. Who said this? Jesus. And they follow me. If you're here, if you're pursuing God and you're trying to walk through that and you're nervous about that, my mom would go, honey, there's a lot of people that just don't care. But you're asking me because you're worried. You, you want to try to do the right thing. You have surrendered your life to Christ. You believe that he is the way, the truth, and the life. Don't you, Justin? Yes, ma'am. Well, then he is hearing you. You hear him. I give them real and eternal life. Jesus says, no, I'm the one who gives you what you need. I'm the one that when you're walking through this, as you follow me, I, you can trust me. They are protected from the destroyer for good. See, this is where we all start to go, oh, man, I'm not going to make it. I'm not sure it's going to No, listen, when you're following Jesus, when you're trusting Jesus, he says, I am protecting you. He even goes on to say, no one can steal them from my hand. Now, I don't know what you believe, and I don't know how powerful you think you are or how powerful you think someone else is when God, when Jesus comes in and says, ain't nobody going to steal you from my hand. He goes on to say, the father who put them under my care is so much greater than the destroyer and the thief. So when you start worrying like, oh my gosh, he's going to trick me. I'm not going to make it. He's like, no, listen, it is about a simple faith in Jesus. And when you trust him, you ready for this? No one could ever get them away from him. This is the whole thing. He's like, no one could ever pull you from my father. No one will ever be able to take you away because I, Jesus, am the one who gives you that protection. And I am Emmanuel. I am God with you. I am the way, the truth, and the life. You can trust me. And I have shown you all of these signs, all of these miraculous signs to prove to you that you can trust me. 
So don't get discouraged, don't get freaked out, but just make sure you believe and act on the truth, which is the person of Jesus. Now there's one more warning, and this is one for everybody in here, and everybody's like, oh, what's this warning? All right, well, this is it. Don't test God. Can I get an amen? amen. Now you go, no, Justin, what are you talking about? Are you talking about what you just talked about? No. I'm talking about the fact that many times as Christians or believers, we get frustrated or you maybe go, you know what, God, I don't even know, and I'm just going to put you to the test on this situation or that situation. Well, Jesus gives us more illustrations on this. Matthew 4, where it comes on, it says, for the second test, the devil took Jesus to the holy city. Here he is. There's others. You can read the whole story. But I'm just focusing on one. He sat him on top of the temple, and he said, since you're God's son, why don't you just jump? Well, the devil was just goading him. I love the message translation. The devil was just poking the bear, right? He's like, come on, man. He's even quoting Psalm 91. You already know the scripture, right, Jesus? And he's going on. He says, he has placed you in the care of his angels. They will catch you so that you won't even so much as stub your toe on a stone. So the devil is trying to, once again, mess him up, convert all of these words into something that can try to trick Jesus. And Jesus is like, no, nah, look, Jesus counters. This is the best part. With another citation from Deuteronomy. He's like, oh, you're going to try to use the word against me? Well, here, I'm going to put it right back on you. Don't you dare test the Lord your God. See, this is where you start going back. Jesus was going, let me tell you, the enemy's always trying to mess with us. And he's always trying to get you to test this and test that. And he's like, no, listen, you just trust me. Now, when I grew up in Shreveport, Bossier, there was a story of someone who tested God, and it was pretty famous, or should I say infamous, because it went around everywhere. Even I remember my mom and them telling me about it. I can remember other people. Man, did you hear about this? And it was the story of the lawyer in a boat. Has anybody heard this story? They're like, this guy got up in his boat out on the lake in Shreveport, Bossier, and he's like, I tell you what, here I am. And guess what happened? Shkagababoom! Lightning struck him. He had gone. I was like, man, is that really true? So then, believe it or not, I found the news story. May 27, 1987, my senior year in high school, a man standing in the stern of his new boat raised his hands, looked scoured and cleared. Here I am, just before the lightning boat struck him dead, authority said. And I'm like, don't test God. Can I get an amen now? I don't know when it's going to happen. I don't know how it's going to I'm just telling you, I always wasn't even sure the story was true. But then when I started searching, I was like, there's the whole article. They even quote the names of the people on bottom. I'm like, okay, God, I get it. But here's the deal. Some of you are going, all right, Justin, I kind of see where you're going, but can I be honest with you? I'm looking for a sign in my life right now. <laughs> like, I really have a career decision or a relationship or even a health decision. I'm like, God, show me that you're with me. I mean, there's people battling cancer right now. There are people in the midst of some very heavy, you know, career decisions. Relationships are on the brink of should I stay or should I go? Everybody's trying to figure all this stuff out. So here it is. If this is what you came for, Hang on and slow down because here is the sign that we've created for you. I got Caleb to make it because when you're trying to discern, is it a sign from God or not? Do I do this or do I do that? This is really the whole crux of today's message. All of the other stuff's kind of warnings and kind of giving you where signs come from, a little bit of a background. But this is the thing you need to remember when you walk out of here, Okay. We'll talk about later on October 30th, the end time. So don't get hung up in that. We're talking about right now, if you're trying to make a decision when you leave this auditorium, this is the things you need to remember. How do I know what to do, Justin? Number one, God's word's at the top. 
I've showed you in Scripture over and over again how God has used signs and how his word applies to us. It also goes into, and we'll see, prayer. We'll explain what it means to have a little time where you talk to God. Maybe not the way you grew up thinking of prayer, but maybe a different perspective from a biblical side of what exactly does it mean to have this quiet time or talk to the Lord. And then counsel. Why is it so important to have people in your life? Sometimes, which we encourage, professional counseling. Sometimes it can be a life group, which can be just people in your life. And sometimes it may just be friends, acquaintances. But more important than all that, it should say wise counsel. Can I get an amen on that? We can all get people to tell us stuff, but we got to be able to discern what's going on. These are the three ways to do it. And notice it says yield in the middle. Why do I put yield there? Because our problem is we're so fast today. Our culture is fast. Society's fast. We're trying to just run through. God, I don't even know if I'm doing this. And I need to know now. And he's like, no, why don't you just slow down, look to my word, spend some time talking to me, and talk to some wise people about what we need to do here. And the reason all this is important is it works when you walk out there. This is God's idea. This is the sign you've been waiting for. So number one, when I talk about reading God's word, why is this important? There's a passage in 2 Timothy that will be very helpful if you didn't grow up in church and you don't know anything about why God's word is so important. This is a great reference of why God's word is important when you're trying to make decisions or you're looking for direction in your life. Here it is. All scripture is given by God. And all scripture is useful for teaching and for showing people what is wrong in their lives. Sometimes the Old Testament may be principles that apply to a time that we're not living in. But there's still principles that apply. Other times you can look at New Testament and man, it is as clear as a bell, I need to do this. Sometimes it's Proverbs, which is very clear. You go, all right, God, I can apply this. But basically, from cover to cover, there will be some lesson, some principle, something that will apply. And it has survived thousands of years, and it is here to help us, me and you today, in showing us what? What is wrong in our life? Sometimes you're like, man, I don't know if this is wrong or not. You go to Scripture, and it's very clear, I don't need to be doing that. It is useful for correcting faults. When you go, man, I'm struggling on this. He's like, hey, let me guide you through this. It is also, also for teaching you the right way to live. When you're trying to figure out, do I do this? Do I do that? Do I make that decision? Do I not? God's word goes you through and it helps you with that. And using the scripture, those who serve God will be prepared. This is so good. And will have everything they need to do every good work. So when you're trying to figure out like, all right, why am I here and what's God's plan for my life? He's like, man, I've created a great plan for your life. And how you find that plan is by trusting me and looking to his word. And when you look through God's word, he will give you direction. He will correct you. He will guide you. He will lead you. And let's all be honest. When you're going and looking for a rainbow in the sky or you're looking for some car to pull in front of you with signs in front of it, he's like, no, just use my word. Because sometimes I don't need some miraculous sign. I just need to read what he's already written. And if we're all honest, we don't read enough of it. And that's what's so crazy about today's world. Are you ready for this? I'm going to put an app on the screen for you. This app has been around not too, too long now. But let me tell you what's miraculous about this. Most of the time, the phone is viewed as, as a bad thing. There's not really a whole lot of good that can come out of it. It takes my time, distracts me, blah, blah, blah. True. But there are now apps that are available to you that have never been available in the history of all mankind. When I grew up, especially early, been doing ministry over 30 years, I had a, a bookcase in my office that had every translation of the Bible so that I could pull out and understand and maybe try to make it easier for people to grab a hold of. 
Now, today, currently, when you download this app for free, every translation, over 50 translations are available on your phone instantaneously. And it's not just that. Are you ready for this? The next part is there are devotions. There are lessons that are on there. And not that I'm a great teacher or preacher or anything like that. There's so many people out there better than me. But at least now, even through the Simple Church, when you download our Simple Church app, you can get all of the notes. You can remember the scriptures. You can apply them. The same with this version. You can have all of these guides to help you walk through and navigate things when you go, man, I didn't grow up in church and I, I don't even know how to read it and I can't understand it. This is now, those excuses are gone. Now, it's true in this room, we don't care if you bring your Bible, obviously, but we keep it dark for a reason. One of the reasons we keep it dark is when God speaks to you, we like you to have a little quiet moment and not get distracted by everything else going on. And so that is kind of hurts your ability to read the Bible, not when you have it on the phone. You can download the app and look at every translation. You can follow along. You can even follow along with the notes that I'm putting on the screen. You can screenshot them. You can send them. You can store them. You can write notes yourself all on your phone. That's never been available before. But now when you're trying to make decisions, you don't have the excuse. I just don't know where to go. I didn't know where to find it. I couldn't find it. It's all available every day right at your fingertips. Now, some of you in here go, good, Justin, but I need some dating advice right now. And you go, well, why are you jumping to that? Because trust me, somebody will email me. I'm trying to pray through it. I don't know. And Did I do this and do that? I'm like, all right, guys, if you're in the world and you're single, I'm going to prove to you that Scripture applies to every situation and you can learn from it and it'll help you. Ready? Men dating, here's your Scripture. Stay away from a bad woman. Can I get an amen now? Don't even go the near the door of her house. You're a young person here today. You're going, listen, man, I was looking for my sign today. There's my sign, all right? Yeah, here's your sign. That's it right there. Stay away from a bad woman. And now every woman here is like, really? You know, really, you're going to throw that up there. Don't worry. If you're a young lady and you're trying to figure out and you need a sign from God's word, here's yours. There's not a righteous man, not even one. Can I get an amen? <laughs> you ain't going to find them by there. So obviously we're having a little fun with it. But it is true that you can look to God's word and help you navigate from relationships to careers to so many other things, even your health thing. Ironically, Psalm 91, uh, I send it to a lot of people that are going through health stuff because God's word in Psalm 91 is a great one to remember that the devil even tried to use it on Jesus is hilarious. And Jesus is coming back and going, no, let me explain something to you. Dude, I know who it is and I know who wrote it and I know what it's all about. And that promise is for us. You can apply it to where your life is. It is a great one if you're going through health concerns. Just look it up and apply it to you. You can download the app and look at any translation you want, but it's a great one when you're struggling through some kind of health concern. Number two, how do you talk to God? If it's talking about looking at God's word and then you're talking about prayer life or talking to God, I've pulled together a clip for you, all right? The reason I pulled the clip is because so many times people don't really understand prayer. We grew up and we have certain experiences and certain people are really good at public prayer. And we go, well, I can't pray like that. I'm not going to pray. It could be anything over a meal. It could be somebody, hey, man, do you mind praying? They're like, dude, I'm not comfortable praying in public and all this other stuff. And I totally get it. But that is not what prayer is about. It's a public prayer or being good at the dinner table. It really is about coming from the heart. And there's not a better clip to show that than another Bruce Almighty clip. Bruce Almighty's been praying, really trying to figure out what's going on, and he's finally, unfortunately, has to go to heaven to get the, really the great illustration or the great story. And he meets God face to face. 
because he's desperate for answers when it comes to a relationship with his girlfriend named Grace. And watch what happens when he gets to here and listen to the lesson that applies to all of us. Watch. Am I? You can't kneel down in the middle of a highway and live to talk about it, son. But why? Why now? Bruce, you have the divine spark. You have the gift for bringing joy and laughter to the world. I know, I created you. Quit bragging. <laughs> See, that's, that's what I'm talking about. That's the spark. What do you want me to do? I want you to pray, son. Go ahead. Use them. Um, Lord, feed the hungry and bring peace to all of mankind. How's that? Great. If you want to be Miss America. <laughs> now, come on. What do you really care about? Grace. Grace. You want it back? Hopefully you get the illustration. You know, it's like this idea that we think it's got to be a certain way and if it's just exactly right, we try to make up all this stuff. And Jesus, fortunately, even spoke to this point. See, there were Pharisees, as we talked about last week, seven signs, you're a Pharisee, five signs, whatever I did last week, here's the deal. They were really good at putting on a public show. Jesus comes back and says, that's not what I'm looking for. Matthew 6 Here's what I want you to do. It's Jesus talking about prayer. Find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. Is that not a great line in the message translation? It's like you try to play this game. A man will, oh, holy Lord, thou art here. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. He's like, man, quit playing. Just be there as simply and as honestly as you can manage. What a great translation. Eugene Peterson just says, hey, listen, just 
as simply as you can manage. Just be real. Because why, what happens? The focus will shift from you to God. You'll begin to sense his grace. The world is full of so-called prayer warriors, but they're prayer ignorant. You go, what does that mean? Well, they're full of formulas and programs and advice. Well, here's what you need to do. God is great. God is good. Let us thank you for this food. Amen. Formula. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth. Formula. When Jesus, what he was saying was, even in the Lord's Prayer, this is a way, not the way. This is taken exactly from that passage. He's like, hey, man, don't try to make it exactly this way or exactly that way. Come from the heart. Peddling techniques for getting what you want from God. Don't fall for that nonsense. This is your father you're dealing with. And he knows you better. Listen to this. Who knows you better? There's nobody knows you better. He knows you better. He knows what you need. He knows better than even you what you need. You go, well, why is this important? It's because when you go in, he's already knowing you. So you don't have to play some game and try to come through some, you know, specific ritual. It's just like, here I am, God. I'm in trouble, man. I don't know doing this career, man. I, I, I'm struggling my relationship. You know that, God. I, I need you. See, the, here's the other key. He's your father. You see that part? He wants to spend time with you. And a good dad, unlike our earthly fathers who mess everything up and don't get it right, our heavenly father says, no, come, come to me. When you need wisdom to know where you need to go, when you need wisdom to know direction, talk to me. And as I talk to you, I will help you because I want to spend time with you. Now, to give you one more illustration, there was another movie that came out after Bruce Almighty. It was called Evan Almighty. And this whole concept was Evan was the crazy guy from New York who was going to build an ark. And his wife is like, I don't know what's going on. And they're trying to manage. And guess who shows up again? Morgan Freeman. That's right, God. If you'll notice on his name tag, which I think is kind of funny in this next clip, look, watch, look for his name as he is now a server in a restaurant. Because God shows up to speak to Evan's wife because it's just not making sense to her. And as he gives you this illustration once again, I pray that you'll be able to go, all right, God, I get it. I get it. This is why. Because our God wants to help us and he wants to sit with us. And he loves that relationship because in that he can guide us. Watch. Oh, excuse me, can I get a refill, please? Coming right up. Excuse me, are you, are you all right? Yeah. No, it's a long story. Well, I like stories. I'm considered a bit of a storyteller myself. My husband? You heard of New York's Noah? <laughs> the guy who's building the ark. That's him. I love that story. Noah in the ark. You know, a lot of people miss the point of that story. They think it's about God's wrath and anger. They love it when God gets angry. What is the story about then, the ark? Well, I think it's a love story about believing in each other. You know, the animals showed up in Paris. They stood by each other, side by side. Just like Noah and his family. Everybody entered the ark 
side by side. But my husband says God told him to do it. What do you do with that? Sounds like an opportunity. Let me ask you something. If someone prays for patience, you think God gives them patience? Or does he give them the opportunity to be patient? If they prayed for courage, does God give them courage? Or does he give them opportunities to be courageous? If someone prayed for the family to be closer, do you think God zaps them with warm, fuzzy feelings? Or does he give them opportunities to love each other? what I'm talking about. Can I get an amen on that? God even makes lunch happens. Right now you're like hurry up because man that fish is making me hungry. Almighty. Almighty. That's his little name tag and here's the thing. God's strong enough, mighty enough to meet our needs, to help us, to answer our prayers. And the, maybe the reason you're going through some of the stuff you're going through is because he's like man I want to talk to you. You can't do it on your own. You're going to need me. And I just want to be able to sit with you. And tell you that whatever's going on, there's a purpose and a reason. There's something more to it. My God's word will show you that. People went through a lot of difficulty, a lot of struggle. We're talking divorce. We're talking about adultery. We're talking about murder. But yet somehow God used all of that that the enemy was trying to use for harm to turn around for good. And in those relationships, you saw them struggling and them going, all right, God, I need you. And he's like, this is what I want. This is what I need. Talk to me. Let me guide you through this. Don't you give up. We're going to make it. We got to navigate it. But then the third thing, and this is what's so important in today's world, is you got to talk to some wise counsel. When you're so jaded, when you're confused, you can't see God's word clear, you're not really sure if God's hearing your prayer, go talk to the right people. Notice I say the right people, wise people, because you talk to the wrong people, you can get trouble. Can I get an amen? Amen. So this word wise, you go, what does that mean? Proverbs gives you a great example. Without good direction, people lose their way. The more wise counsel you follow, the better your chances. So that's why I thank God for our Christian counselors in this community. There's a long list of people we partner with because there's many times, personally, I need help and I call them. I can tell you on multiple occasions, I pick up the phone and say, hey man, I need some help on this. What do you think? We have what we call directional leadership team, which is kind of the lead guys that kind of help us make decisions. When I don't know what's going on, I'm like, dude, I'm an idiot. You know that. Just we're praying through this. I think this is what God's saying, but let's all agree. Help me. Is this what we need to do? Is it not? Let's come to some form of agreement where we can, as wise, seeking wise counsel, God will direct us through that. Goes on in Proverbs to say, take good counsel and accept correction. That's the way to live wisely and live well. When you're young, you never really believe your parents are right or you can listen to them or it doesn't apply, but the older you get, you go, man, there was a lot of wisdom in there. And not everybody's had great parents. Not everybody's always had great wisdom. And that's why I'm telling you in a broken world where people are messed up and people need help, that's why the church and, and pastors and professional counselors can come in and go, let me help you walk through this. And so many people in here, in this world, in this room, and even in our staff, we have gone to counseling, continue to pursue counseling. Why? Because we can't do it on our own either. 
So when you talk about God's word, we, we're studying it. We get it. We do spend time in prayer. But then we also have life groups. We also have counselors. We have those relationships we can lean into and go, man, we're trying to walk through this, so help me. So if we need it, how much more do we all need it? Now, if you're still looking for an illustration or some way to believe that, man, is it really true that talking to somebody else will help you? Yeah, I could give you a couple of scriptures, but I'm going to give you a video to even make it more clear. My associate pastor, Steve Hartman, once again, is out there working hard. And I was like, there's no way Steve will have a video on this. We showed one before. If y'all remember the old Coots video where they set up this tent at a, like a revel, and these old guys would let people come in, and they would just give them bad advice, kind of funny. I thought, well, I could play that one again, but no. Miraculously, I run across looking for it, and I find this video and I think it speaks clearly because this is not some expert, somebody who knows a lot. It's just someone who has time and took the time to show that he cared. There's some more wise counsel. Watch. In St. Petersburg, Florida, when the sun rises, Al Nixon sets for his impromptu therapy sessions. How have you been? Are you surprised at what people tell you? Not anymore. Al isn't a trained therapist. I've been concerned. He actually works for the city water department. He's dismissing yeah. But in these early morning hours, he's a trusted confidant and counselor to whoever passes by. And I wrote to him and I said... Renee Rutstein is a regular. He knows everything about me. Did you feel weird sharing all your secrets to a guy on a bench? No, because he'll never judge me and he always shoots me straight. He's not judgmental and he takes you for who you are. Bernadette Dorset Mills says she has never met a wiser man. He's like the guiding force. At the same time, I don't hear you talking a lot. No. I just see a lot of nodding, like you're doing now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and a lot of mm -hmm's. Listening is the number one skill all mankind needs to know how to do very well. Mm -hmm. A skill mm -hmm. he has clearly mastered. Mm -hmm. When Al started coming here seven years ago, the therapy was for him. He needed a quiet place to clear his head, and the last thing he wanted was to hear other people's problems. But then a woman he'd never met told him something he'll never forget. She said, every day I see you, I know everything is going to be okay. And that made me realize that when you speak to someone or you smile, you let them know I value you, and people pick that up. When I walk by, sometimes, you know, I don't even get a chance to chat with him because there are other people waiting in line. <laughs> in appreciation for always being there, not long ago, Al's faithful put a plaque on his bench to a loving and loyal friend and a confidant to many, forever and always. I teared up. That was, um, that was powerful. How can such a simple plaque be that powerful? When you express to someone, you matter to me. They gave you back what you gave them. Everyone needs an Al. Good morning, sweetie. Even Al. Have a great day. You too. Steve Hartman, on the road in St. Petersburg, Florida. Come on, y'all. Told you, pretty awesome. As we get ready to walk out of here, I thought of a couple of things. One is, Simple Church is not perfect. We don't really have it all figured out. But I can tell you one thing we strive to do, and that's not be judgmental. You're not going to see judgment from us, man. We're going to let God handle all that. We're just going to try to love on people on this side until let God figure out the other. The other thing is, is I want you to know that if you're 
really unsure and you're trying to navigate, we do know people that can help you. We do have some counselors that are available. And the best part is, you heard them say about Al, Al was free. The good news is, is because people give to this church, we give it free back to you. So don't let money keep you from going to get wise Christian counseling. We'll, we'll cover that. We're going to help you. We may not be able to do it forever, but we're at least going to get you in the door and start that process. The other side is, is every week I put scripture on the screen and I try to give you God's word regardless of what some of the people say out there. Well, that ain't, that's Christian-like. They don't even use the scripture. Today's a pretty good example. I'm not an expert at it, but I do try to give you God's word every week. And what I want you also to know is we have the app where you can download it and it has a place for prayer request. And the reason we put it on there is because we don't know everybody's story. We don't know what they're going through. Tomorrow, for example, I'm fixing to leave right out of here. I meet with two families that had two losses this week. And so I need prayer. They need prayer. But that's where we ask you to download our app and on the communication card, put your prayer request. Why? Because we have a team of people that pray for you. So we want you to know you're not alone in what you're going through. We're going to try to navigate that and help you through that. So we try to put the sign up on the screen again, and I'll just make sure that I show you is we really do try to believe and point you to God's Word. There's days we doubt. There's days we have questions just like you, but God's Word gives us comfort and peace. We always understand the importance of praying together and praying for each other, understand that our God don't turn His back on us. No judgment, grace, forgiveness, and then that counseling, it's available. So I'm thankful you're here today. I'm thankful you watched online. And maybe you were looking for a sign of where you're supposed to go, what you're supposed to do. Here's your sign. Because we are thankful that you give us this opportunity. Would you pray with me? Father, if we get ready to walk out of here, I think about all these people that are going through so many circumstances, situations that I don't even know fully what they brought in the room. But you do. And in the midst of all those struggles and, and adversity and difficulties, our stories through your word show us that you care, that you're there, that you're not going to turn your back on us. You're going to walk with us through it. And then you give us advice on what to do. Man, we're supposed to go talk to other people. We're supposed to get some advice and help. We're supposed to understand how to talk to you and not make it complicated, to keep it simple and spend time with you. And I pray that through the apps that are able to download, through being able to turn in their prayer requests, through asking for counseling help that they would know that we're not perfect but we're going to do our best to point them to you and help them in that journey and I thank you for them coming today I thank you for them watching but the most important thing before we leave is someone really doesn't know you I mean they grew up in church maybe they've been real religious been kind of hung up in denominations or maybe they didn't grow up in church at all I pray that they would see that you're real and that what you've given us in your son Jesus is everything that we need and if we'll just simply believe in you We'll admit that we've messed up, believe that you are who you say you are, that you died on that cross, you shed your blood for us, that you rose again to give us power and strength and a fresh start. Then God, I pray today would be their day to say, Jesus, I want you to come into my life. I don't need anybody to sign a card, walk an aisle. I just need them to make that commitment to you in the privacy of that moment in their home or in this room. And then as we walk through, that they would know we're here to help them in that journey. We love you and we thank you for the privilege of getting to hang out, be a part of what you're doing in this planet. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Can I get an amen somewhere? Come on, one time.